me. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Well, I'm doing great because Wiggy made it down to see you this week as yeah, opposed to uh, a, another Flex Monday. Yeah. So, Well, I had um, to show up. Coached, I, I felt like I was going to get fined if I didn't. <laughs> Come on. No. I, Bill say, he said last week he doesn't do that anymore. He's like, a, he's like a days off every once in a while guy now. Yeah. You never got fined. No, 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 no. I made sure that I did everything on pod, Bill. You know that. I never Absolutely. never wave it in. I meant from Greg. I thought Greg would find me, not no, you. No fines. <laughs> I listen to you. Now, Greg, sometimes I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little wary. Well, I mean, when it comes to bosses, Bill was your boss. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, are we similar at all? And, um, I would say, yeah, you got a lot of similarities. You uh-huh. know, I'm nervous around both of you guys. Oh, you are? <laughs> <laughs> Wiggy's getting ready for the season to get underway. Yeah, well, we're getting close. No, right? I mean his. I mean Brockton. He's. Yeah, uh, I mean sure. he's. He's. He's got to make cuts. I think. Are you yeah. going to? Uh, no, we already no. did that. We. No. Yeah, we already. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, Bill, uh, at a public school that you have to do it because you just have too many kids. So, and uh-huh. unfortunately, I, you know, I now I know what it's like to be on the other side of that. It's <laughs> <laughs> not easy. No, it ain't. <laughs> um, so uh, you make a move yesterday when it comes to Pierre Strong. Is that was that a uh, reaction to kind of the any anything offensive line wise Friday night, or was it just a, a move that you wanted to make? Uh, yeah, I think it was um, a situation where they were looking for depth at running back, and we were looking for depth on the offensive line, and so it worked out, which is kind of what trade should the way they should work. Bill, when, when you. I think the thing that I've kind of looked at from the new like preseason format with only having three games, is it difficult to kind of get the ones, the right proper amount of reps, but still making sure that you're keeping guys healthy because you don't really have that real third preseason game no more where you can kind of, that's the dress rehearsal. What's that like to try to be able to manage this new preseason type of format? Yeah, I don't think it's the games as much as it's the lead-up time. You know, so when training camp starts, you spend a week not in pads and and really in OTAs, it's an extension of OTAs. And so then it's a question of, you know, how ready um, are, you know, some of those players to, to go out there and start playing in preseason. One, when there was a time when you had two and a, weeks, two and a half weeks of training camp, and, and guys are probably ready for that now when you look at two and a half weeks of training camp because the first week doesn't really – I would say isn't a full training camp week. They're running around, but there's no contact. You know, now you're the two and a half weeks is pretty much the end. Of, it's the end of the um, preseason games. So it's just a little bit of a different structure. That's all. And, and it, there is a you know decision as to you know guys you've seen before how much you want to see them versus the guys that you haven't seen before. The guys that you know you need to see how much they've improved. Um, if you don't get them in there, when are you gonna when are you gonna see them? Uh, because those guys did take a lot of snaps in practice and a lot of snaps in Green Bay um, and didn't play very much in the games. So that's kind of the trade-off. Bill, when you look at a game like Friday and, and you don't send out a lot of your starters, but the other team may send out some of theirs, do you evaluate those games differently than a game where you might see just all backups? Well, no, it's actually a good opportunity because you can get to see uh, you know your players against players that are they're going to have to play against. Um, and I thought uh, defensively, I thought we held up pretty well uh, with the group we had out there for you know, a quarter and a half. Um, so, you know, again, it's more of an individual evaluation. Obviously, there are things from a team standpoint, from timing and execution that are less than what you want it to be and hopefully less than what they will be. But uh, individually, you can you know, see how guys are coming along and, 
and uh, it's important to know who they're matched up against because in preseason it's not all equal for sure um there can be some uh, you know quite a difference in in who different guys are playing against so so take that into consideration well when you start to look at kind of you're shaping your team here. I know with these rounds of cuts, and you start to look defensively where you guys be. I know I know there's a lot of high expectations as far as defensively what you guys can do. What's your mindset as far as how you're looking at this defense moving forward, especially coming into a very difficult game against the Eagles in week one? What's your expectations of where you see them? Yeah, well, you know, try to play as well as we can every week. I mean, it's really kind of a week-by-week. Uh, that's what it is in the NFL. You can't say look too far ahead or start thinking about. But you know, we know what we're going to have to face. We're going to face a number of uh, teams like the Eagles that have uh, spread, um, you know, RPO type offensive elements to them. Uh, so, and then there'll be other teams that that'll have less of that. So, um, let's say the way it is in the NFL now, you have to be ready to defend a lot of different things defensively. And so, hopefully, uh, our roster will be able to to handle uh, the multiple types of you know, power running, space running, RPO game, vertical passing, you know, quick throws, possession passing, and so forth. And 11 personnel, 12 personnel, be able to handle all those. We're, we're going to have to somewhere along the line. So hopefully we're versatile enough to handle that. That reminds me, speaking of uh, that type of quarterback, Gronk said, uh, I think last week or the week before, that you were always talking uh, always about wanting to have a, a, a mobile quarterback. Is that an accurate statement? <laughs> I can't remember talking to Gronk about quarterback. <laughs> I'm not really sure. I mean, I've talked to Gronk about a lot of things, but uh, quarterbacks, I'm, I can't remember ever having that conversation okay. with him. So All right. He has probably a better memory than I do, but I'll have to pass on that one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bill, I just look at the – Never look – you know the facts be confused with a good story. <laughs> I know. So. Well, he might. You know, maybe he's trying to get himself uh, in the news here and there. I don't. Yeah. I don't know about that, Bill. I have no idea. Well, he's a pretty newsworthy guy. He mm-hmm. is. Yes, he is. Is that on Grog Beach? Maybe you don't remember it. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> uh, looking at the the uh, offensive line right now, it appears that there are a bunch of late ads. Obviously, the trade for Tyron Wheatley Jr., where there was holes that weren't addressed in free agency or maybe through the draft what was the thought process this offseason and maybe not creating more depth earlier in the offseason than trying to do it and cram it before the start of the year well we drafted three players on the offensive line not really sure what you're referring to i we, signed, we signed riley reef we drafted three players on the offensive line um andrews trent brown on way and strange were all are all returning uh they're returning starters for us so uh, and we drafted three players and signed one, so I mean, I'm not really, I'm not really following you. I would just say the the premium position of tackle was one that was a significant place of need. Riley Reef is a guy that was not a top end talent last year in the NFL. You look at Orlando Brown Jr., who signs elsewhere. It appears that there was significant need for a dramatic improvement, and it wasn't quite established this off season. Right. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah, not sure about that. Again, we drafted three players on the offensive line and signed another, you know, pretty experienced veteran. So, well, I mean, late late picks, right? They were fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. Yeah, no, first three picks are on defense. That's right. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you, I mean, you only have so many first round picks. So, right. 
We saw uh, uh, Bill O'Brien uh, get into it a little bit with Bailey Zappi. Uh, what did you make of uh, Bailey's performance Friday night? Yeah, well, again, as a team, we, you know, it wasn't a great performance offensively. I think when you look, you know, beyond that individually, that's kind of what you have to do is kind of see how we matched up individually. And, of course, the quarterback position is dependent on a lot of other things, you know, protection, you know, routes, and so forth. So, um, yeah, Bailey did some good things, and, and there are some other things that, you know, that, that he could improve on, uh, like all of us. So, so that's about, about the way that whole preseason game looked, to be honest with you. Gasecki is set to uh, shed his non-contract non-contact jersey tomorrow. Uh, not seeing any game action for him during the preseason. What do you hope that that uh, brings out in practice before we get closer to game one? Yeah, uh, Mike crashed us yesterday. He's had a good he's had a good uh, spring and a very good uh, training camp. He's been out there every day, uh, except for the the Green Bay week. Um, but he's you know he's been able to participate uh, so. Hopefully he'll be ready to go uh, for the opener and you know, look forward to having him. Bill, you, 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 I know you didn't have quarterback conversations with Gronk, but how difficult <laughs> is it to defend the – which it looks like the NFL has kind of transitioned into that mobile quarterback and obviously a guy like Jalen Hurts that you'll see this year. But how difficult and what makes it so difficult to defend those type of players? Yeah, well, the hardest thing is when those players have multiple skills. I mean, if if all the quarterback can do is run, then that's not as nearly as big of a problem as if the quarterback can run and throw. And so I think, you know, when you see a guy like Hurts um, that can uh, hurt you with his feet and also, you know, get the ball to his skilled players in the passing game, then that gives you a lot to defend. Um, but it's just kind of one or the other, then – you know, then the guy has to be really good at whatever that is. So if he, he can't run, he needs to be a really, you know, good elite passer, you know, like Brady was, um, you know, as good as there was. And then there are guys that can run that aren't, you know, they're hard to defend, but if they're one-dimensional, that, that's mm-hmm. easier than if they can do both. And when they can do both, you know, guys like, you know, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, guys like that, Mahomes, you know, that, I mean – those are you're talking about MVP type guys, right. so they're they're very hard to defend. The coach's verdict with Curtis brought to you by Catches Law Group, New England's injury pros at CatchesLaw.com. Catches is also proud to be the official law firm of the New England Patriots. Uh, all right, Bill, let's try this one. So we have this discussion at length about cash spending because the cap has grown up so dramatically with the revenues in the NFL, you know, growing each year. So right now the Patriots are 30th in cash spending. Do you have a budget of strict dollars per season that you must live within, or are you in charge of that? You get to dictate the amount of money that you spend each year. In other words, does Robert Kraft say, here, Bill, here's your budget, or do you have the final say on those decisions? Right. The cash spending isn't really that relevant. It's cap spending. And so teams that spend a lot of cash in one year probably don't spend a lot of cash in the next year because you just can't sustain that. So. We've had high years, we've had low years, but our cap spending has always been high, and that's the most competitive position you can be in. So that's really the cash spending. There's no cash cap. There's a salary cap, and we spend to the salary cap. That's what's important. But can't you create cap space by spending more cash and guarantees? So teams like the Bills or Temporarily you can. You can't, you can't sustain it, no. I mean, you can't sustain the 20 years of success that we sustain – uh, by overspending every year without having to eventually pay those bills. 
and play with a lesser team. Do you think it is so possible? So I think if you look at the teams that, you know, have done that, that's kind of where some of them ended up, you know. Jacksonville back in 14, the Rams are going through it, Tampa's going through it now. So I'm not saying there's anything right or wrong with it, it's just a different way of doing things and there's, you know, there's the results for doing that. But isn't it far less punitive now given that the cap has gone up as much as it has each year? In other words, if you take money and borrow it off of a future season, the it hasn't really gone up again. I'm not really following you here. The, the salary cap hasn't gone up over the last 20 years? Oh, the last 20 years, yeah. But in the last three or four years, it, it you know was higher, then it dropped down with COVID, then it came back up, and now it's going to accelerate in the next two or three years. Because the new TV deal begins this year. No, because the, the COVID was restricted the cap, and then that was partially paid back. And I think the next, I don't know, two or three years, whatever, it, you'd have to look at the exact numbers, but... I don't know, I think it's 225 this year, and it's projected to go like 250, 275. So it's going to grow quite a bit in the next couple of years. You don't know this because you don't get a chance to listen to the show, I'm assuming, but Curtis is a guy who says the cap is irrelevant. Well, it's relevant. It's, it's, it, it, the cap's more relevant than cash is, for sure. You want to use all your cap space and put the best team you can on the field. So whether that's paying more cash this year and less next year or this less this year and more next year is is really it's it does to me it doesn't really have a lot to do with the cap spending the caps and if you're not spending to your cap then that means you know you could have players that you know you're choosing not to have or if you spend to your cap then you fully exhausted all of your spending but again that's a that comes over time. It's not you can't look at it a, in a Polaroid snapshot. It's a multi-year process. So, you can overspend one year, then at some point you're not going to be able to do that. Last week we learned that you went to the Taylor Swift concert, and I I think people love to find out what you do outside of football. And it's been interesting this off season, the the TV networks and the way that they've kind of dove into football when they have whether it's Netflix with the quarterback Johnny Manziel, now the Florida documentary is out. Do you watch any of that? Do you enjoy watching either guys that are currently playing when it comes to quarterback or guys that used to play in the league when it comes to Johnny Manziel or just, you know, any type of documentary when it comes to the sport? Do you do you sit down and watch those types of, of shows? Yeah, I'd say I've probably seen some of them. I, I don't, you know, I don't know all the ones that are out there, so... Um, we're still talking about Taylor Swift, though. Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. People love that <laughs> oh, you're a Swiftie. Pretty Swift big story, team. Bill. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. Well, yeah. you dropped a, a, a not, you know, headline uh, title of a song. So you have to be a Swiftie. The, you got to <laughs> calm down. That's not, you know, a lover or a, a, a radio hit. It's a good right. song. One of my favorites. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did Taylor reach out or anything? Did her team reach out or anything? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, Bruce was in here last week, so yeah. we go from Taylor to Bruce, and yeah. you know, I went to Bruce. Yeah, good to see Bruce. Yeah. yeah. Did you Did you see the show or no? Uh, it, uh, listen to him warm up. Yeah. Yeah. So saw part of it. Yeah. Yeah. But Pretty amazing yeah. that he's still doing that. Yeah, he's that doing great. Seventy three yeah. years old. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he and John really music was at its height there when I was with the Giants and in, in New Jersey and in the you know eighties and. Yeah, those two guys are are amazing. But yeah, it's great to see Bruce and you know, love love what he does. So you can uh, you can play both ends of it. You can mm-hmm. play Bruce, you can play Taylor, you can play John. I mean hopefully we'll see him up here soon. Yeah. Um 
Aaron Rodgers played a little bit the other night. Is this the, in your mind, is this the most competitive that the division has been in quite some time? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm not really too focused on everybody else right now. Like, we'll get to them, obviously, and we'll get to the Jets pretty soon, um, third week of the year. But we're really trying to focus on getting our team uh, to the best point that we can. And so that's really where most of our attention has been. Obviously, we've got an eye on Philadelphia and you know, we play the Jets in Miami early, so you know we're aware of those teams, but I haven't really spent a lot of time on them. The majority of my time has been putting, you know, the effort into our team and trying to, you know, see how we can get ourselves in the best position to compete. You know, over a 17-game schedule, regular season schedule, and then we'll take these opponents one at a time when we get to them. Well, coach's corner question for me, Bill. <laughs> As a new coach, I have a freshman quarterback that's going to start, very similar to Mac Jones' his rookie year. What would be the best advice to give a young guy who's going to be making his first you know, start playing at a higher level um, and some of the advice maybe that you gave to Mac when he was a rookie that I, maybe I can give to my young, my young pup, my young freshman quarterback? <laughs> yeah. Well, not knowing, not knowing the player and not knowing – you know what you're asking them to do or not i mean i don't know that would be a hard question for me to answer Wiggy, which, well he's a, he's a he's a i'm sure i'm sure that with your experience uh-huh. offensively <laughs> yep it's not like you were you know you played a lot of offense you've been right. in some different systems mm-hmm. you know i'm sure that you'll play to his strengths and let him do what he can do and mm-hmm. the things that maybe he is less experienced with you might ask him to do a little bit less of even though you might like some of those things if it's not one of his strengths uh, until it is, maybe you would hold back a little bit on that. I don't know. But, again, that's uh, honestly for me a pretty hypothetical question, not knowing the player in detail. Young, mobile, can throw the ball kind of like that Patrick Mahomes, but still <laughs> only a freshman in high school. Well, but he has those he has those skill sets as far as the high school level. Well, you know, he's mobile and he can throw on the run. He's was a, a really good baseball player. So, Well, if he's Patrick Mahomes, I would give him the ball and get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, being the the student of history of the game that you are, our guy Shime said last week that Joe Montana was no longer a top five quarterback in NFL history. Do you uh, weigh in on that? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, honestly, I haven't really focused too much on the top five NFL. <laughs> There's a lot of great players. It really depends <laughs> on what you're looking for. And some of the players, um, you know, like Sammy Ball and guys like that that played in a different era, it's, it's hard to compare them to – you know, or Bart Starr or guys like that. Uh, I'm not saying Bart Starr was a top five, but, but, you know, in that day they threw 15, maybe 20 passes a game. I mean, now you might get that in the first quarter. So it, it's, a, it's a different game. And uh, it's, it's hard to compare players of different eras. Um, you look at the great two-way players from, call it, pre-1950. Um, how many players in the league now could actually play both ways and be good? at both offense and defense. I don't know how many of those there are, you know. So it's it's but it's a different game. So guys that are good in this era might not have been good in another era. Guys that were good in another era might not have been good not be good in this era. So the rules have changed and I know the size of the players and all that's changed a little bit, but just just the way the game is structured and it's just different. Uh, um, that's a tough one. Our diesel direct player of the game Friday night was Calvin Munson. Thoughts on what he's shown you so far this season? Yeah, Calvin's had a, a really good uh, spring and, and fall. You know, we got him last year around midseason uh, after Miami released him. And, um, you know, he was coming off an injury and, and uh, was healthy, but 
you know, I'd say is healthy, much healthier this year. And, you know, it's been very productive. You know, play made on the interception was really, you know, a heck of a reaction for him and had a couple of tackles for loss and showed up in the kicking game. So, yeah, he's had a nice year. Um, all right, so you got some decisions to make, and you guys, you guys get together today and and get ready to make those make those cuts. Is that how that goes? Uh, so we have to be have to make those by four o'clock tomorrow. Um, and at this time of year, there's a lot of roster movement throughout the league. You know, there'll be probably thirteen hundred transactions, including the ones that have already started uh, this weekend. So that's that's a lot of players to go through. Um, our, our scouting staff's involved in some other conversations, um, as they always are with, you know, our players, other players, and, you know, that type of thing. So th- it's an ongoing process, really. So, you know, we'll see how things play out and, and um, you know, what we feel like is best for the team. Those will be the decisions that we make. Everybody wants to know, is there room for Malik Mania on this team? Yeah, well, Malik's uh, you know a really interesting player. I mean, you know, kid never played you know receiver before, and and uh, or returned kicks, and and uh, he's done both. You know, he's returned kickoffs and and played receiver as well as playing quarterback. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. He certainly has got some things on his resume. Um, so do other players. So we'll we'll see how all that plays out. All right, Bill. Well, thanks for coming right, down great. this morning. Yeah, I think, I think we should do this in person every week. I know. Uh, I'm probably. here. All right. Okay. <laughs> so we come out every week. We'll do it. You guys want to? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hit the traffic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bill. All right. You got it. Great. Thank you. That is Bill Belichick on a Patriots Monday from Gillette Stadium.